So what in God's name are we driving all the way out here for, Hank? Well, it's my friend Winnie. Apparently, he uh, just lost his poor dear Aunt Florence, and she happened to bequeath him a rather sizable estate and all of the possessions inside. He's asking me to come up here, take a look, see what she had. So you're sneaking for a grift there, then? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say grift. He flat out owns everything, but, but Winnie's family, from what I understand, his dad took a beating in the crash, so he's got a great deal of interest in maximizing his return on unwanted items, shall we say. That sounds like a good like it's a good way for us to make some money. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping bring you up here, get you to take a look at them, see if there's anything you think you can move. Ah, no problem. So as you turn the uh, the last quarter on this winding county road beneath the trees, the you see the city of Providence, Rhode Island, splayed out before you in all its uh, historical charm. That is not dead, which can eternal lie. And with strange eons, even death may die. These are the stories that were, stories that are, stories that shall be. These are fortunes untold. So Call of Cthulhu, really looking forward to this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I've uh, I've got some some past experience with it, but it's been it's been a while since I've actually actually delved into the Cthulhu gaming system. Probably this is seventh edition we're looking at. Mm-hmm. I think the last time I played was fifth. Ooh. Wow. So it's been a while. Yeah, I I am not gonna lie. I was a little leery when you pitched this one because I I haven't played it. I don't even think since then. I don't know that I've played it since like the nineties. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have the best experience with Call of Cthulhu, but I recognize that might have been just the group that I was with. So I'm willing to give this one a shot. But yeah, I was like, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's it's one of those games. I, it, it has a tendency for particularly GMs I think that are used to more traditional fantasy style to maul their players really badly and some some gms do quite frankly take a certain amount of pride in their body count which the game can be pretty lethal if if that's what the gm's going for so yeah i can i can certainly see that and i've definitely run into those people it's like oh i killed my entire party okay well now what are you gonna do start a new game (laughs) exactly find new friends (laughs) i mean if it happens it happens but if that's deliberately what you're going for it's not necessarily fun for everybody you know Right on. But like I said, that's what we do here, man. We check out, we check out games. We, we give them a, a run through and, and see what you get. So if this one, if I end up dying or going insane again, I'm going to blame Chad and the authors. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just okay going to say, that. in the great words of Seal, you're never going to survive him unless you get a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might end up with both in this. So yeah, the Call of Cthulhu, for those handful of people who are listening that aren't at all familiar with it, is uh, named for... Howard Phillips Lovecraft story of the same name, in fact. So it is a role-playing game opposed to D&D. It is a role-playing game more about investigation and cosmic horror, about normal people investigating things man was not meant to know and potentially being eaten by them. Right. As opposed to, you know, D&D, which is more of a, a heroic fantasy. And for its time, Call of Cthulhu particularly when it came out, did things differently. And I think that's part of why it's endured for so long is, you know, it came out at the time of Dungeons and Dragons and Tunnels and Trolls, you know, more standard heroic fantasy type stuff. And then it uh, did something at the time completely different. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the character sheet here, and admittedly, it's like I said, it's maybe been 20 years since I played this game, so I'm not. I'm gonna just basically say I'm I'm a newbie at this, but it looks like, especially if this is building on an old system, combat doesn't seem to be quite as heavily focused, at least on the sheet, as say a Dungeons and Dragons sheet. Dungeons and Dragons sheet is like 40 percent hit points and armor class and weapons and all that. And this one is mostly skills. So. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, like I said, the original game came out in, I think Call of Duty was originally published in 1981. Mm. So it's not dramatically younger than D&D. Yeah, it's like uh, maybe 10 years. Five yeah. years older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's younger than I am. Anyway, but uh, yeah, and it's, and that's, again, it went with a more lethal direction. And it's one of those things, I think its focus has always been, if you decide to get into a fist fight with Cthulhu, you're going to die. Right. <laughs> and so it's more about investigating what's going on and finding the, you know, finding out the cause of the mystery and potentially finding another way around it. I mean, shooting things in the face is certainly a solution, but it might not be the best solution. <laughs> Particularly so, when those things can shoot. So back. if you're if you're older than the Call of Cthulhu game, does that make you an old one? you're lucky you're not within arm's reach (laughs) (laughs) that's why i said it Uh because i'm not within arm's reach uh um i actually am looking forward to the percentage based system this is new brand new to me i've never run or played one of these before there are a handful of systems that do use percentage based but i and I, i won't say that it's the original percentage based system but i think uh, coc or or more at its core the basic role playing system which is kind of their they're generic that's used for some other things is one of, if not the oldest that actually uses a percentile base. Okay. Yeah. Cause to explain to people who aren't, who haven't looked through the book yet, it, like I said, like half the sheet is just investigator skills. And unlike um, some of the others where we reviewed, I see a point in all of these skills. Like some of them <laughs> I could argue could be collapsed in, but like, I definitely see a point in psychology or occult or archeology. span And like you, like Andrew was saying, it's percentage, so you have a rank somewhere between one to ninety-nine. I'm guessing. Basically, uh, you're you're assumed, and each rank kind of means something. So if you have a fifty and something, you're generally considered to be college educated in it. So you know, while it's not a direct one to one, it's just a a mark of a of level of education, anywhere from you know complete novice to master of your craft. If you're up at you know ninety. And uh, yeah, it's a simple, at least for most regular roles, it's roll under your skill. Yeah. Okay. On well, 2d10. Which should help you, Davery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> you know, and on that, a, a zero one is a critical success. Oh, I'm there. I, I can roll ones. Uh, if your skill is above 50, a 100 is a critical failure. If your skill is below 50, 96 to 100 is a critical failure. Oh, okay. So you've got a slightly higher error chance if you're not really good at what you do. All right. Well, can we actually pause it real quick, go off air, and let me change some of these 40s and 45s that I have to mm, boost them? No. <laughs> well, I'm not going to do accounting. I have 5% in that skill. I'm definitely going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that's what I want to see. Come yeah. on. <laughs> you want to see my character do accounting? And going back to skills for in combat, you don't have a whole lot of hit points, and particularly hit points versus weapon damage. <laughs> Is not uh, not a contest you really want to enter too much. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I didn't think about that until you mentioned it, but I've got one one of the weapons my character's carrying is a Colt forty five, which does a damage of one d ten plus two, so that's a maximum of twelve damage. I have eleven hit points. Yep. So it looks like I could take one shot and go down. My which, character's soldier soldier class, and he's got fourteen hit points. So that really shows you 
Like I'm built for brawling and I still wouldn't be able to take one or two blows. Yeah, and this is not a, a you have a, a box that has all of the numbers and you circle your relevant hit points. So I'm guessing you never really go up that much with them. No, there's not really uh there's not really a mechanic so much for improving improving your physical stats. You can improve your skills, mm-hmm. but actual physical stats, there's not really a mechanic for that. It's kind of a you are who you are. You're you're a grown ass adult. <laughs> you know. Okay. Um and just an aside to uh, what Andrew said about being a soldier class, there's not really classes. Um, he did pick a pre-made occupation, oh, yeah. which is essentially a collection of skills. Yeah. You know, just to, just to clarify, it's more of a collection of skills, and you don't even have to pick that. You can pick your skills straight up, as you know, under certain guidelines for what your professional skills are. That's just a. A shorthand for, hey, if you're a soldier, you probably have these skills. Okay. I'm a noob, so I used uh, Hero Lab to do that, um, <laughs> which I, I actually found it incredibly easy. Yep. I watched Avery do his, which also seemed incredibly easy. So It's not bad. The original system has not changed a whole lot in going on 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I, and I know Andrew built a point build character, and I just made a – there's an option for random rolling too, and I just random rolled all my stats just to see what we got in – we ended up tallying them up, and the numbers actually don't vary that much. Mm. So. Yeah, I think the I think the uh, the point buy is assuming like a sort of a high ish average mm-hmm. for your rolls, and you know, whereas just rolling, you could get low, you could get high. You rolls your dice, you takes your chances. <laughs> there is also an, a a, uh, a distribution method that basically has a very wide range that totals up, I think, to four hundred and sixty points. So there's a few there's a few ways you can generate your investigator i know there are rules un- again unlike D there there are rules we probably don't want to get into it without actual gameplay but there are rules for sanity and uh-huh. luck i'm seeing here uh yes so and sanity is a big one for call of cthulhu and it's the other thing that killer gms always used to brag about was they either killed their characters or drove them insane right. and yeah sanity is a big thing and again it harkens back to the stories that the, the game is based off of it's the it's essentially mental or emotional shock from seeing horrible things or, you know, things that are kind of beyond human comprehension. So you have a, a, a sanity set and I'm not sure what your, uh, your actual number is. I haven't seen what's your, what's your actual sanity score. I should say. Uh, I didn't know we calculated one of those, so I don't have one. <laughs> ah, right. Oh, well, hang on just a moment. <laughs> My sanity is a 50. I think that's the standard. Okay. Do we just like start it? I like think we all start 50. at 50. Yeah. All right. I was thinking it used there to be, was no it, option to change it. Gotcha. It used to be it, it varied. Okay, uh, like, um, like your power and your education or yeah, something like that. Yeah, sanity did at one point in time uh, vary, and I had missed that in this edition that it doesn't actually. Yeah, because I know vary. I know luck. Like you rolled that, like it was, or I rolled like it was a straight attribute, and just I ended up with a forty-five. So, yeah, and luck is um, well to describe luck. It's essentially well luck. It's a, so say you're you know you come. You're chasing someone, you come busting out of a building, they've thrown themselves in a car, and they've taken off down the street. So normally you wouldn't require a roll to, you know, hail a cab and say, follow that car. Well, or rather to hail a cab. In this case, can you find a cab in time to get into it before they disappear down the street? That would be a luck roll. Yeah, there's, you know, you succeed. Yeah, there's a cab right there. Okay, so it, I mean, kind of like luck. It is kind of the fickle finger of fate. So the GM doesn't have to go, all right, am I being a, ju- a douchebag if I tell them, no, there's no cab? Or am I being too nice if I say there is one? So, you know yeah. what? Let's just let the dice decide. Pretty much, yeah. It's just the, the straight hand of fate. And you know what? I kind of like that. It's just for things that you want to randomly determine. Because there's always some point in every role-playing game where the GM is like, 
you know what? I don't know. Let's just leave it up to fate. Yeah. And that's what it's for. And if you're, if you're lucky, well, fate smiles on you a little bit more than it does anybody else. Mm. I like that. Yeah. That's, I don't know that I've, I don't know that I've played a game that has a luck mechanic like that other than just the GM going, uh, you know what? I kind of want to wrap this up. So now that doesn't happen. Or so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's a few games that have like a little bit of a luck mechanic, but it's not quite that straightforward. Yeah. It's usually more for skill roles and that sort of thing. So, well, that being the case, uh, you want to go ahead and, and delve into this, see if I can uh, drive your characters insane or have them sure. be eaten by things? Let's see if the tradition are holds. You, are you going for a TPK here? You're going to be one of those I'm, guys? I'm just saying, if it happens, it happens. So you pull into Providence, Rhode Island. The house is on College Hill, nestled among other residences surviving from the 18th and 19th centuries. Its two stories are found at 79 Power Street, overgrown bushes and trees obscuring its dilapidation. The uh, house looks lived in. You can see, you know, there's a, you know, old milk bottle sitting out front waiting to be picked up and that sort of thing. It's not in horrible shape, but it's obvious it's not been kept up as well as it should over the years. Uh, nobody's standing around outside, falling leaves in the uh, in the Rhode Island fall. That doesn't sound quite right. As you guys, you guys pull up out front. There's uh, no car here, but that's not too unusual for this for this time period. And given your friends, uh, as you said, failing fortunes of his family. Should I give it a honk? Like honk my car horn? <laughs> no, it's fine. We'll just knock when he's expecting us. Okay. So, uh, so you walk up the crumbling up the gate, front prob- steps. Probably like have to slightly lift the iron gate because it's a little loose on the hinges. Yeah, a little off. Yeah. Oh, this place looks like it's going to have a right load of crap in it. We only need one good score. Yeah, right. I can't sell crap. You know that, right? Don't worry. Don't worry. I, I, like I said, the Winscots, they're a little poor now, but beforehand, they were the toast of Rhode Island. Believe me, there's at least a silver, the silver set in here. Better be. So you walk up and pound on the door? Yep. So the door actually swings open. When you, when you pound on it, it's, it apparently wasn't latched. It actually swings open. Aiden, keep an eye out. So Aiden's gonna. He doesn't. He's ex. He's an ex mob mob guy. He's an ex. Uh, he's an ex uh, alcohol runner. So he's gonna like. He's holding on to his uh, forty-eight revolver that's inside of his jacket just in case. He doesn't like surprises. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he's gonna. Let me take this one, Doc. So he, wa- he, he walks in the door and he goes, um, what's the guy's name again? <laughs> it's, it's uh, I keep calling him Winnie. Yeah. I may at one point have referred to him by as Josh Winscott, which is okay. his real name. Mr. Winscott, come out, come out, whatever you are. Oh, that doesn't sound threatening at all. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, he's, he's a gangster. He's not, uh-huh. He doesn't know how to be anything else. After a few seconds, you, you hear a voice actually from... Somewhere off in the uh, off in the house, and it sounds like down. Uh, Hank, Hank, is that you, Winnie, old man? Glad you're here. Sorry, I'm uh, I'm right in the middle of something. Come on in. Come down the stairs in the kitchen. We'll do. Uh, I'll push the door closed. So you you walk through the house, and it's obvious that uh, it's not a stately mansion. It's obviously it's a very a much older house. Probably at this point, at least a couple of hundred years old, but. You know, you can see the, uh, you know, heavy wooden furniture. You do see some some cutlery and whatnot in the cupboards. You, 
you think there might be some might be some valuable stuff amongst the bric-a-rac? This is, is there, obviously a house that's been accumulating things for a while. Is there okay. any food in the kitchen, like some apples sitting out or anything like that? Sure. Yep. Yeah. Aiden's going to pick up an apple and start chewing on it. So yeah, as, we, as we're walking down the, the stairs, downstairs, we're like, Winnie, you left your door standing wide open. Sorry, I've been distracted. As you as you walk into the steps, you see him uh, come up the up the stairs from what you assume is the root cellar or the basement. He's uh, pretty much like you remember him, a little bit older, tousled brown hair, very almost chubby, youthful face, very uh, very fresh, very fresh faced, very almost childlike looking. It's not not too much different from what you remember in school, but he's uh, a little dirty. He's got. It looks like bits of uh, masonry dust and and dirt kind of stuck to him. Come on, come on! You you need to see this. This is uh, this is right up your alley. I think you'll. This is incredible. Lead the way, uh, Winnie. By the way, this is my friend Aiden. He's uh, he, he's got a particular set of skills when it comes to uh, mo- when it comes to uh, uh, I'm an auctioneer. Yeah, there you go. Ah, excellent to meet you. Come on, come on, come come on. And he, he hurries back down the stairs. He's obviously very excited about something. All right. Well, let's keep following him, man. Like, maybe this is the mud of the load. <laughs> so you, you you know, you tromp down these stairs into... Uh, it, it actually is a basement, not just a, a root cellar. It was apparently finished out at some point, brick and masonry. But what you... First thing you see is uh, strewn all over the area around the base of the stairs are tools and debris and, like, boxes and whatnot... And uh, when he, he he shows you over this, he's actually moved what looks to be some like table, like a table and some chairs down into the basement. And uh, have you been doing some remodeling down here? It, it's incredible. Please sit, sit, have have a cup of coffee. He's got a you know he's got a big coffee pot sitting on the table, a you know, big metal one to try, uh, coffee urn, I should say. Don't mind table. if I do. <laughs> let's let's open it up and look and make sure no debris has gotten in it. <laughs> no, it looks fine. Okay, then yeah, I'll I'll be mother. <laughs> So uh, uh, while you're doing this, Aiden reaches over, he pulls a flask out, and he goes to... (laughs) Do you want a bit of the flavor? Why don't you go ahead? (laughs) Uh, Cigarette? Don't mind if I do. Uh, He he sits, you know, he offers the two of you a cigarette, he sits down, lights up. It's a very strong Turkish cigarette, you know. And he said, so I inherited this, this house from my aunt. You know, rest her soul, but she, I guess I was... I don't know that I have any other remaining relatives, so she... You know, I got a telegraph saying she had passed away and she left me this house, which is fantastic. You know, I don't have to rent anymore. But this area is well known for, you know, its old houses. And I think I found something. Old money? Ladies with old money, perhaps? <laughs> was this there are those, but... Was this something encrusted in gold and gems? <laughs> Nothing quite so gauche. No. So I was... Um, not long ago, I was I was doing some restoration on the on the the brickwork down here, and we found one of the one of the walls. the 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 Italian laborers I I had hired they found one of the walls had been been bricked up, and when we when we busted it down, we found it. We found tunnels. We thought it was you know it, it may be part of an old drainage system, but it, it connects to, to 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 a larger corridor. Um, there's this area used to be. Rhode Island banned slavery a lot earlier than a lot of the other states, but uh, some of the some of the merchants and whatnot still traded through secret tunnels. So, do you think this might be part of the old railroad? I, I don't know if it was part of the Underground Railroad or if it was 
actually used for mo- actively moving slaves to be sold, but uh, this is a this is a massive historical find. We there could be artifacts. This could be could be the basis for a, for for a paper. Well, let's sounds take like a, look. a massive historical find, and not a very financial historical find. <laughs> He just kind of he, he kind of glances at you and then then looks back at Hank. I'm. You should probably go get equipped. I don't have. I admit I'm exhausted. I would love to take a nap. I don't know what's down there. I haven't really done more than stick my head out in the corridor after I dismiss the laborers. Just keep it quiet. Go you know get some sturdy pair of boots, maybe a flashlight. I'm going to take a quick rest, and perhaps we start as early as tomorrow morning if. If all is in what in is 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 well, sounds good. So, uh, with the house this large, do you think you maybe have a couple of spare bedrooms? We haven't. We just rolled into town. Haven't had a chance to look for a place. Of course, of course. And uh, he, come on, he he takes you back upstairs. He shows you to a slightly musty. It's obviously it hasn't been used in forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of. You, you would guess probably when the house was built, maybe servants' quarters, small small bedrooms, but better than the flop houses you've been staying in recently. But please, I'm you know, come and go as you wish. I, like I said, please grab whatever supplies you think you need, and first thing in the morning we'll go and and see what we can find. Sounds like a plan. Let's let's strike out in the morning. So he he excuses himself, and uh, you actually hear the sound of water running. You guess he's probably going to to wash up, get some of the the uh, dust and debris off of him. So do we know to go to the local town to get supplies or something like that? If you think you need anything. Well, Hank will turn to Aiden and say, look, I'm pretty sure there's probably going to be nothing of value down there, but that's not the point. We'll just, we'll go down there, hang out with Winnie, talk to him a bit, see what his plans are for the house and for everything inside it. Maybe do a little fact finding while we're there, stay a few days, give us a long bit of time to explore and really see what he's got here. It better have something worthwhile. It's not, gasoline isn't cheap and that car doesn't run on good intentions. Like I said, from what I know of Florence, I think she was his father's aunt. Um, they they had money at that time, so there's there's I can't guarantee it, but I'm coming as close as I can. Okay. So, shall we go into town, grab some items, and come back, or? And uh, Hank will open up his wallet and look, and be like, "Can I?" Maybe put it on a tab. <laughs> okay, Aiden, so how about this? If you'll drop me off at Brown, I'll go try and go to the library, see if I can find anything out about the history of slavery or the Underground Railroad or something like that. You can head into town, maybe pick us up some waders, maybe some boots, a couple of flashlights or something. I am always footing the bill, aren't I? <laughs> Just put it on the tab. It'll be fine. The tab, great. All right, so you two are going to head into uh, into Providence proper, and uh, you're going to split the party. Is that what I'm hearing? That's right. Yeah. In a horror game. All right. It, no, there is no better plan in a Cthulhu game than going solo. We're going somewhere. into town. What, what can possibly go wrong? You really want an answer to that? Uh, I've never played a Cthulhu game before, so. Uh, <laughs> All right, so uh, Hank's character is wanting to head to the library. You're wanting to head to Brown University's library. Right. That correct? So that would be the John Hay Library. Uh, you know mm-hmm. of it. It's pretty new. It was actually built in 1910. So, you know, oh, within the last right. few years. Uh, so you 
You pull, uh, or sorry, Aiden takes you fairly close and drops you off. It's a marble edifice. It's in the English Renaissance style. It's already, uh, as you've, you've kind of heard, it's already starting to prove too small to actually contain the collection of books that they have within. You step in, you see the ground floor is a huge, just single long reading room, just packed with reference shelves and periodicals. And you can see, you know, a, a, the mezzanine above. So you think, you know, you could spend some time here. Even uh, mm-hmm. someone who's maybe not quite as library minded as you, but yeah, I'm plenty library minded. I'll have you know, sir, I went to Harvard. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to look for the circulation desk. <laughs> All right. And let me switch back to Aiden. So, Aiden, what are you uh, are you doing? You're just heading down to find a general I'm gonna store? I'm going to go or? to the general store. I'm actually going to try and talk to the locals, uh, figure out what I can find out. Uh, he's not as book smart as Hank, but he has a way with people, you could put it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you find a, a essentially a general store. You know, you figure it would be a good place to find everything that you need. The gentleman at the counter is a little bit older. You figure he's probably in his... 50s, maybe 60s, early 60s. Looks like he might have been around a while. Good day to you, sir. How's it going? I'm not going to bother trying to do a Rhode Island accent. Don't ask me. Good. What can I do for you? Um, I'm looking. I'm looking for some flashlights, some chalk, and uh, have you got any Wellington boots? Yeah, yeah, right over here. Come on, I'll show you. And he takes you over. He leads you over into the shelves. You start uh, start gathering all of your supplies. So we're helping our friend over there at the old Wilmington? Winscott? Winscott place. The old man could correct me too. The old, like, the old Win- Wilmington, Wilslot? Win- Winscott? Yeah, aye, that place. We're, we're helping hit our, our buddy over there do some renovating down in the basement. Oh, uh, must have one of the old houses up there on College Hill. Yeah. Um, speaking of... Do you, do you know anything about any old uh, tunnel system or anything going on around here? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he launches into a, a speech, if you will. Um, he, he starts talking about, you know, Providence banned the ownership of slaves well before the Civil War. But it was officially banned, but unofficially tolerated uh, for quite a long time. Hmm. And once the, and particularly once the unofficial toleration started to fade away, a lot of the merchants started to uh, try and use tunnels to smuggle slaves from holding pens underneath their homes down to the docks using secret tunnels. And over the years, there have been a few the uh, discovery of a few drainage tunnels and bricked over cold storage rooms. That there's speculation that that's what those tunnels might have been for. That, that, that there might be a network, still be a network of tunnels somewhere under that area that was used for, for the smuggling of slaves, you know, during the period when that, uh, that was passed. In fact, back in 1901, uh, there was a tunnel during the renovations of the house of John Brown. They actually found a cornerstone in a, in a small tunnel. It was inscribed with Brown's name in uh, 1786. And it looks like it was... You know, right at the entrance to a large tunnel is wide enough for two grown men to crawl through. Now, you know, architects said it was just a drainage culvert, but I mean, a lot of people are saying it might be something else. Hmm. And then, meanwhile, back at the library. Right. 
So you uh, you go up and you find the circulation desk. There's the, the stereotypical little old little old lady sitting there stamping books. Give her a smile. Hi. What can I do for you today? Why did I suddenly get become Irish? <laughs> is that where is there a proud Irish tradition up here? <laughs> I guess there is now. <laughs> what can I do for you, dear? Hi, I'm looking for information on the College Hill area, specifically uh, probably around in the mid to early 19th century, maybe anything about an old tunnel network. Yeah, we have, a, I think we have, we do have some, our, our collection's not as extensive as at the uh, the Athenaeum, but the, the private library over there, we, we have a few things. And she she, she points you over. Yeah, the, the collection of local histories and census and land deeds and everything is over here on the mezzanine, just uh, just past the, the folklore section. Fantastic. Thank you so much. All right, so you're going to head up there? Uh, well, real quick, I am going to head up there, but I have a, I have a skill uh-huh. that I don't know. I've never seen a correlation of it, uh, just called library use. Yep. Which I'm guessing is important, Cthulhu, if it's actually made its own skill. Yeah, well, okay, so Cthulhu being what it is... Um, there is a heavy investigative focus, and there tends to be a heavy focus on, you know, tomes of forgotten lore and whatnot. You know, the joys of reading. So library use is very much exactly what it sounds like. It is the ability to research and find useful information amongst the vast stacks of a library. But you don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> Just go down to your local library. And on that note, in fact, give me a library use roll. Okay. So that's going to be a 2d10. All right, so it's percentile check. Yep. So I have a library use of 60, so I'm going to roll 60 or lower. Yes. This is just going to be a regular check. I got a 12. There you go. Nice. So you uh, you start rooting around, and you actually find a lot of the same information the old man has given to Aiden. You do find a lot more uh, specifics on dates. The, the uh, emancipation began... Sorry. Despite the emancipation beginning during the American Revolution of slaves, ownership of slaves continued until the 1840s. Uh, you know, they were primarily sold in the West Indies or brought back to Rhode Island to work on its own plantations. When Congress gave the trade an expiration of 1806, Rhode Island served uh, for to a lot of the slave markets in the South. They shipped a lot of slaves as quickly as they, fast, as they could, and conditions were, well, even more poor than what you might expect. Now, the John Brown that was mentioned to Aiden by the shopkeeper, you find more information on him. He was actually tried in 1796 for violating the slave trade laws, but was found not guilty. A year later, he was tried again, and his slave ship, the Hope, was confiscated. They'd been uh, that family had been involved in the slave trade for decades and become one of the region's most prominent mercantile and political families. As a matter of fact, Rhode Island University was renamed Brown University in honor of donations from that very family. Uh-huh. But you don't find uh, you, know, you find the you know records of finding the drainage tunnels around the College Hill area and whatnot. But you don't find, as she said, there's not a whole lot on the uh, not, a lot, not a lot of historical documents on the area as far as land use and who owned what and potentially building records or correspondence. As she said, a lot of that is probably at the Athenaeum, which is a, uh, you know of as a private lending library. Uh, unfortunately, you also know it generally caters to the uh, upper crust. I am the upper crust. Uh, of course you are. I went to Harvard, you know. 
Of course you did. So what you're saying is I'm going to have to go to a different one. Well, there are no cell phones, so I guess I just got to wait until Aiden shows up. <laughs> so he has, he eventually comes back around. Actually, given the relative time, it probably would have taken him to buy the stuff listening to the old man stories and you to look through the books. He might already be outside, <laughs> asleep in the car. <laughs> what took you so long? I was doing a check. Unfortunately, come up bust. But got another idea. Why don't we hot foot it on down to the Athenaeum? Uh, that's another library here in town. I think they're going to have what we want. We're going to need deeds. We're going to need uh, we're going to need uh, records of ownership. We're going to need anything like that that can maybe tell us who had this house before poor Aunt Florence. Maybe where else they owned. Well, I got the rest of the stuff that we need. Fantastic. <laughs> and your pockets are slightly lighter for it. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you swing around, and uh, the Athenaeum's over on Benefit Street. It's a beautiful Greek revival structure. It was Hank knows it was built in 1838. It was, it's well known for its collection of uh, historical documents, particularly for the region. So you, you walk in. Again, beautiful building, marble. You know, it's, uh, it's got that quiet, reverent hush. You know, but as you, as you walk up, the, uh, there's a, you know, right behind the doors, there's a you know, big heavy desk and there's a sort of severe looking middle-aged gentleman, you know, glasses perched on the end of his nose. Yes. Can I help you? Hi, we're here to uh, do a a little bit of research for, and I want to ask you, Chad. So I'm trying to think back. Uh, My character has pretty decent level of archeology span and I'm from this area. Can I name drop a professor probably from Brown, maybe in the archeology span department that would likely have a membership here? Sure. All right. Give me, you know what? Give me a, give me a no roll. Just to some, see if you can think of somebody. And that's that's got to be not so much a skill check, but a no roll is a uh, just remembering general facts. So would that be an education roll? Because um, I don't see a no as a skill. Actually, it might be education. Now, hang on. <laughs> there, you. It used to be what was called a no roll. Um, Wouldn't yeah. that be under a persuade or something like that? Well, I'm trying to think of an actual He's trying person. to think uh, of a name. He's not actually trying to... Uh, yeah, let's make an education check. I, I believe that's what used to be called a no roll. Okay. So, or an a, idea roll, sorry. I got a 16, roll. man. I got to tell you, already, now I haven't come across any creepy crawlies, but I'm loving this low roll system. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you, you remember a, a professor that you had that mentioned doing having done extensive research at this library so okay. yeah it was uh john smithington went out okay so yeah so i'll turn it around. hi yes we're we're here doing uh grad work for professor smithington and uh i'll, I'll kind of like rub my class ring while i'm talking i'm like we're doing re- uh, grad research for professor smithington and we're hoping to come in and pick up a couple of books for well make a couple of notes from some books for him so you're trying to convince the person at the front counter that you should be here based on someone else's membership. Yes. Because it's already paid for. That, that basically he is, Smythington is like, I'm not going to go hot foot it down there. That's what grad assistants are for. Gotcha. Hmm. So would you call that a fast talk role? Because I think you're trying to con somebody. I am trying to con somebody. So yeah, I'd say, I'd say fast talk. All right. Let's give it a fast talk role. Just a standard, straight up, regular fast talk role. Let's see what you get. Oof. 
I got a 45, which my skill's a 60, so I made it. But that's that's a lot higher than I've been rolling before, <laughs> so I'm a little, little worried there. A little more than you're comfortable with? Exactly. The the man looks over you. Very well. I, I wish he would give us more notice. Fine, fine. The You can find the... What is it you're looking for again? Uh, he's looking for a history of... Actually, no, I, just, I was going to start lying, but then I realized, no, I shouldn't. I should start telling, doing this. He's looking for history of the College Hill area. Ah, over there. It's in the local history section. You should find the archives for correspondence and, and such. Just be careful with it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. So you, you move on, having successfully not paid the $15 <laughs> annual fee. Turn him on. See, you see, Aiden, that's what it is. A smile and a handshake will get you so far in this world. Yes, sure. But a smile and a gun will get you farther. <laughs> I'll, I'll still with my revolver. It's got me pretty far. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, you start rooting around. Give me, uh, let's go ahead and get another another library use roll. Okay, so I don't know if, if Aiden is willing to, or if he's like, ah, this is boring as shit. I'm going to go read the sports paper. Uh, <laughs> I've got library use. I was oh, about you do? to. Is, is there an option for, it's a 20%, it's a 20% library use. So <laughs> but you've got he it, knows right? how to open a book. There you go. So you do. You act, I, I am actually surprised that you have. Well, I guess you just have the base, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There. Are, so basically, what you want to know is if you can do like a combined skill check, like an yeah, assist, yeah, or something like that. Um, there is actually. So, which to explain because you you mentioned that offhand, like in there are certain skills that everybody has a a base percentage yes. in. So like my character has a library use of sixty percent because I sink points into it. But if you sink zero points into it, you don't have a zero in the skill. You've got a twenty. Yeah, because it's assumed everyone can use a card catalog. So at least a, a basic extent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's assumed to have like most skills have some sort of very basic level of competence. Like I think the base level for brawl is twenty five, right. because you know you figure most people have roughhoused as a kid, so they have some vague idea of how to swing a fist. So yeah, there is actually a uh, combined skill roll. So in this case, I think we'll probably make it a single. Dice roll, which is between the two of you, because you're looking for the same thing. Okay. Um, All right, so since we're both here, and we can look at two books at once, <laughs> is there anything that's like a like a assisted roll sort of thing, or a group effort? Is there um, in this case, so you're basically doing research. Uh, as you said, you can look at two books at once. In this case, let's call it a, uh, a group skill check. So both of you roll your library use, but only one of you will need to succeed. Okay, so find relevant information. Does Aiden have library use? I actually do. It's one of the twenty percenters, which is the uh, the base. Uh, You're just level. given this. Oh yeah, because there are skills that that everyone has a certain percentage of. Yeah, yeah so yeah, he, he can re- understand English. He can read. Uh, you went through primary school. They taught you how to use a card catalog. Yes, right. Not everybody starts with the ability to perform medicine. You know, to be a doctor. But everyone, it looks like, has the ability to listen or <laughs> spot hidden, or in this case, libraries use a card catalog yeah. yeah like jumps also one of those skills like unless you're in a wheelchair or have one leg i guess even with one leg you have <laughs> the uh, the ability to jump if you don't like i don't understand what do you mean defying gravity uh, so yeah go ahead and uh, give me a couple of uh, library use roles let's All see what right. you come up with i can tell you right off Oof. the bat i got a 30 so i did <laughs> not do, achieve well i got a 56 which is a Barely a success of a 60 is my normal skill rank. Ooh. <laughs> hey, you know what? Close is good enough. Winning's That's winning. Right. That's right. All right, so you uh, you dig around, and it takes you a while. 
Um, there's a ton of documentation, and you find a lot of information that you had already had already found at uh, at the Brown Library. But one thing you do come across as you're, you know, rooting around through just stacks of old books and and letters and whatnot is uh, you actually find a letter from a Jacob Bishop concerning one Elijah Winscott. Yeah. Elijah Winscott. I bet this is one of Winnie's uh Winnie's old folks. Hmm. Well, and one of the thing the other things you discover is that the house we'll cover that before we cover the letter. The house on seventy nine Power Street, Winscott's house, was built by Elijah Winscott, who's a slave trader in seventeen ninety six. Uh, he lived in it briefly before becoming ill, at which point he retired to the countryside and died in 1811. It was inherited by a Micah Winscott, who was his nephew, and then eventually passed down to a Florence Winscott. Okay. And then on unto your friend Josh. So the house has been there for quite a long time and does, in fact, date back to the era when... Basically, when slavery was very first banned in Rhode Island. Okay, because this Cthulhu game is set in 1925. Yeah, yeah. Or this the current year is 1925. Okay. Now, one thing you do you do know, and it's it's reinforced by a lot of what you find is that the Winsots were in fact slave traders at one point in the past. Once that trade ended, they moved on to other business uh, ventures, textile manufacturing, distilleries, that sort of thing. It wasn't really until after the Civil War that their fortunes kind of started to slowly decline. Okay. And to, you know, to the point where, at this point, they're old money without money. Okay. <laughs> if you will. So the letter. Providence, January 5th, 1811. Dear Philip, It's with immeasurable sadness that I tell you that Elijah Winscott has passed from this world and is now in the loving arms of our Lord. We had all known that he was not in good health for some years, in both his body and his spirit. He had made it most hard to know his troubles, for he had quit the company of fellows. I did visit him in the country house where he had lived for some years now. As he lay in his sickbed, he broke his silence and told me a tale that I cannot properly reckon. I do not rightly know if I should tell it to you, but I know you worried greatly for our friend. He recalled to me that fifteen years past he had pondered how we might continue our trade which had served us so well. The hateful laws against our livelihood and the troubles that beset good John Brown caused him no end of upset. Well, I remember, as you must, Elijah's character and speaking in the tavern during the time. We thought it idle fancy and too much drink. We all of us laughed to hear him speak of how we should dig tunnels neath the town. We did not know that there's not idle fancy altogether. We did not know that he had been making plans in secret. For when the cellar neath Elijah Winscott's home was laid, a tunnel was found. This tunnel did, did go close to the river, and it was no matter to dig it yet closer. He would use this passage to shepherd slaves to and from town. Uh-huh. All had been set, and Elijah did wait happy in his home for his men to bring him slaves, but they did not come. When he began to wonder what had kept them, he and the men he had to hand went down to see what they might find. They found death. In straining voice, he told me of parts of men strewn like rags across the tunnel white man and slave alike he could not be sure for he did not linger but he did not think that he did think that not all men were accounted for nor did he note anything of the slave women but where could the slaves have gone and from what and what had come for them the shadows of the caverns did seem to leer at him keeping the mystery from him 
Quickly he returned, and quickly he made walls of of strong brick beneath his home and near the river to keep out whatever may be below. He knew no rest from that day forward, certainly not while he remained in that house. All we knew then was that he fell ill and spoke no more of schemes to thwart the laws. From his sickbed at the end of his life, he said that chasms plunged deep beneath the town he had quit. He peered out his window at the swaying red maple trees and seemed calm. I can only think that this country house was some peace to him as he breathed his last. May his heirs have better fortune in that house in Providence than he. With sincere esteem, Jacob Bishop. Okay, so who? Jacob Bishop and Benjamin? Philip. Philip. The letter was addressed to Philip, no last name given, from a Jacob Bishop, concerning one Elijah Winscott. Looks like Mr. Winscott's not been... Seems like the uh, maybe those tunnels are opened into. I don't know. Is there any? I mean, what, what's the native wildlife? Because I'm thinking like, well, probably there's something that got in there. Are there bears? Are there alligators? Are there? What's? <laughs> I don't know. From my, I in real life don't know Rhode Island that it's well. A especially honey not the 20s. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, you're definitely going to find alligators. It probably, it probably bears. Maybe a mountain lion. Maybe yeah. Well, I guess I'm thinking bears might have made wolves. dens. Yeah. Or, or just moved into natural tunnels. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, be- there well, was were, natural tunnels. They were importing slaves from, like, uh, Africa. Could have been a lion. <laughs> I'm not saying they imported a lion. Like, I don't a think lion. they would have accidentally imported a lion with Accident- them. <laughs> it may have not just been accidentally. Maybe, like, they 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 brought over with to sail. I don't know. I was thinking it's more likely, like I said, that if it was natural tunnels, maybe a bear got in and, and was yeah, using that. bears so. like tunnels. So I think in, in character, that's what I'm saying, like, seems like they killed all of the people who were in there. Maybe maybe at one point bears were in the tunnels? Mm-hmm. Black bear? Could be. I don't know. Could be uh, particularly vicious. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I've never fought a black bear or anything, but I have seen them move things that are several times my weight. Yeah. <laughs> they don't need to be particularly vicious to mess you up. I'm an archaeologist, not a veterinarian. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm just guessing what could have happened to have killed them. I don't, I don't think it would have been other humans that would have done something like that. Um, but so that's right. I was going to say, so can we find who these Philip and Jacob Bishop people might be? <laughs> Philip might be a little difficult, but Jacob Bishop, Philip, you don't really have enough information. I mean, like, just the name Philip being super common. You're not, you don't really have any luck correlating it. Jacob Bishop does appear on town rolls as having been largely listed as a merchant. Mm-hmm. Uh, shipping imports and whatnot. Yeah, we know what kind of imports he was shipping. Lions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lions. So, but yes, you would strongly suspect that he was probably involved in the slave trade at least after the point where it was officially banned. Oh, he said he was. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I read the letter. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, you would, you would, yeah, he is pretty much listed as a slave trader and following the official banning as a merchant and import, importer and exporter. Mm-hmm. Secondhand furniture maker. Yeah, <laughs> lion tamer. <laughs> Stop with the lions. Well, now we need to be on the watch out for bears too, Aiden. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh my. I was waiting for that. <laughs> But you, uh, you dig around a little bit more. You don't really find too much more useful information. Okay. And it, it is growing late. You've been at this for a while, so. Let's head back to the house. I'm hungry. Sounds good. So you, uh, you return to the house. It's um, empty. You don't actually see Josh anywhere. All right, wander around. 
Winnie? No response. Joshua. Are you around here anywhere? No. Dead silent. Do you think you went out? I don't know. Let's... I bet the bastard's gone down I get the pub. A, I, got a bad, I, I got a bad feeling about this. So let's look around and see. Did he have... Does he have, like, a um, mudroom in front of his door where... Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. All right. Old house, there's definitely an area for taking off your, your nasty boots. All right. Are there a pair of... Is there a blank spot where there would have been some work boots? Work boots? Yeah. Yeah. I think he went downstairs alone. Give a holler downstairs then. No response. Um, <laughs> I don't like this. How long do bears live for? <laughs> <laughs> well, they have kids. So, <laughs> so there are cubs that come after that one. So, so um, Aiden's going to go to the back of his car mm-hmm. and he's going to pull out a violin case. Uh-huh. A so violin just in, case. Just huh? in case I need to lull the bears to sleep. You sure it's not a Chicago typewriter case? It is a violin case for me fiddle. Mm-hmm. I'll go, you don't, don't uh, want to be fiddling with me. Why don't we throw on these wellies and uh, take them for a test drive real quick? Mm-hmm. Here's a flashlight. I got one of these for you, too. All right. Show me. <laughs> Fair enough. Turn right. it on. Tap it. Tap, 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 tap. Okay. Lights right up. So... Heading down into the basement. Heading down into the basement. And he's uh, he's going to have one flashlight in one hand. His violin case is like in the flashlight hand. <laughs> but in his other hand, he's got his revolver. You know, for... You can you can probably dispense with the, the case. Thing. I think it's just you, me, and the bears. <laughs> okay, well, just in case, that case may have contained a little mm, gun. A little gun. A little... Submachine gun. Uh-huh. That submachine gun wouldn't happen to be a Thompson. Well, he is a gangster, uh-huh. and I think it's very poetic for him to have a submachine gun. I'm not arguing with you. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have a submachine gun. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, basically, I think what he's going to do is he's going to take the... He's going to take the flashlight, and he's going to tape it to the front of his gun, and he's going to... Um, he's going to... Click the first mag in. Get ready to rock. This is 1925, so the iconic drum clip doesn't actually exist yet. Yeah, sadly it does not. But so you got a third-round stick so mag. It's, it's still a, it's still a beautiful. Well, I'm gonna take my uh, Colt pistol out that I got from the war. Just <laughs> All right, flashlight in one hand, pistol in the other, and go so down. you make your way into the basement. Uh, the first thing you find is near the brick wall near the back. There are tools and there's a cup of coffee still sitting on the floor and there's a hole has been knocked in the wall you'd notice there'd been work done when you were down there and he was showing you around before it's larger it's easily big enough for a man to crawl through i'm gonna put my finger in the coffee is it still warm um it's still warm but it is well on its way to having cooled down it's it's not cold yet but it's it's getting there he's been here recently this coffee's still warm all right so the hole beckons. Let's crawl through the hole. <laughs> uh, so on the other side of the hole, you see a uh, a tunnel. It's actually lined with brick. And to the left, you see it actually just a short ways down. It looks like it terminates in a... looks like a natural cavity, like a, a wider cavern that was already there, not man-made. It's not... Obviously not hewn out. But it uh, it does... This... this area it looks like it's a dead end it doesn't uh 
appear to be occupied or used in any way. There's no debris, anything of that sort. The tunnel, however, does continue on in the other direction, off into darkness. All right, well, let's shine the flashlights and start walking forward. All right. As we're there, Winnie? Your, your voice kind of echoes, but nothing. Okay. So uh, you head, uh, you're heading down the tunnel. You, sorry, are you going to... Yeah, no, no, like, uh, like there's, there, it doesn't, like, there's no other areas off the tunnel. No, at this point, it's the... Okay, so you're proceeding down the tunnel, and it's just brick-lined. Think, like, the heavy red, you know, stereotypical Victorian sewer brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, it's, it's that sort of heavy brick uh, brickwork. About... Uh, Say a hundred feet or so, the brickwork actually, uh, the brickwork actually stops, and you're into natural tunnel work. Okay. It looks like the tunnels were either dug out or reinforced with brickwork, and possibly they discovered the larger natural tunnels and just decided to use what was already there. Uh, look down at the ground. Also, is is there enough mud and dirt and everything that there might be tracks? Ah, do you have tracking? I do. Oh, all right. I, didn't, I actually was expecting that to be a no. Well, it's pretty much a no. I don't have very much. <laughs> I have 25%. Hey, I have 10% in tracking. I'm going to give it a go, too. Uh, my first failure. I got a 73. <laughs> I have a 94. Wow. Uh, no. you. There are. There's definitely enough dust and debris and whatnot on the floor you would think you would be able to find tracks, but just don't have a whole lot of luck. Real quick. I'm not sure because I don't remember. What'd you say the uh, critical failure was if you have less than 50%? Uh, 96 or above. Oh, I know. so close. <laughs> I was about to see what one of those was. Critical fail with looking for tracks. Not only do you not see tracks, you don't see anything ever again. <laughs> You're looking down, you walk into a wall or something. You know? Knocked unconscious. I'm not sure what the critical game. failure would be for that in this That's instance. That's how the TPK happens Slip by ball. not finding tracks. <laughs> you step on a crack and break your mother's back. <laughs> It's true. The the legends are true. So you continue to head what you suspect is west, just giving your general orientation when you came into the tunnel. About 200 feet along, you uh, actually come across in the south wall. So basically to your left, there's an opening. And strewn around in front of it are human remains. New or is it like a bloody mush or is it like... No, it is definitely not fresh. Um, okay. It's it's a hard it's frankly it's difficult telling exactly how many people were involved because the pieces are sort of scattered. Do either of you have? Well, I know for a fact at least one of you has archaeology. Do either of you have anything in uh, biology or medicine? I have first aid. Mm, that's probably not going to work. Yeah, for, the, work um, for this. I do not. I just have the standard. What is? medicine of one percent yeah I, I kind of expected uh expected that it's it's not a major thing so uh actually david give me an archaeology role i don't like archaeology when it comes to dead bodies i got a three wow um so not quite enough for critical success but dang close so you, you kind of are looking the bodies over you know sort of nudging them around with so to, to explain when you say bodies like i mean these are corpses it's not like skeletons um, these are, they're mostly skeletons. Okay. Um, there are still in a few, uh, some dried flesh here and there, like mummified, but for the most part, these are, they're skeletonized and largely a lot of them are dismembered. So the first thing you notice is that if you had to guess the clothing, the it's horribly rotted, but it, 
if you had to guess, the clothing is from the colonial era. Okay. So okay. it's definitely you know fairly old. The other thing that you notice as you're looking is that three of them are not dressed in the colonial clothing. They're dressed in much more rags. And they're wearing iron manacles, or were wearing iron manacles. Okay, sort of been the so, slaves that letter was talking about. Yeah, so I'll point that out. I'll be like, look, wooden buttons on these clothes, then these manacles. These are these are probably colonial. Yeah, and the, like I said, the bodies are at least partially dismembered. You don't know if it's scavengers later or violence or whatnot because you're not doctors. Um, but yeah, they're not entirely intact. Uh, give me a, you know, give me a spot hidden roll. Both of you is fine. I have spot hidden. But not today. I failed. I failed also. Yeah. Oh, well. Moving on. <laughs> so, the as I said, there is an opening in the tunnel wall to the south. Again, a natural, uh, natural wall. And then the tunnel continues on into darkness to the west. Okay, so the tunnel to the south, where the bodies are in front of, mm-hmm. would you... If you walked through here, would you have disturbed them so... You could step around them. I mean, okay. you wouldn't have had to like kick your way through or anything. It's certainly wide enough that you wouldn't have had to have actually stepped on. So Josh mains. could have gone through here, and not disturbed these bodies, and moved. yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I also want to mark out some stuff. I've got chalk, mm-hmm. so I'm going to write where the entrance is, like like an arrow, like and... an arrow, like where we came from. Okay. Do either of you have navigate? Yes, drifters have navigate. Convenient. So I have navigate, but I have it. 10%. You've got the base. Yeah. Uh, so that actually will be useful. Give me uh actually give me a navigate check while we're while we're discussing it. Let's see what we get. Got it. It's a 33. My navigate is a 50. This system is actually working out quite well for you, isn't it? It really is, man. I'm kind of hoping this works. This game is fun because, <laughs> man, I can roll aces. So if you had to just to guess based off of your uh current heading and whatnot, it looks like the tunnel, not the side tunnel, but the main tunnel is heading towards the river. Okay. So, which sort of matches up to what you had read about the tunnels, but you would get. But if you're correct on your bearing, the main tunnel heads towards the river. So I want to stop, and I want to stop, and I'm gonna hold a hold a finger up to Aiden and try and kind of lean my head towards the. Do we hear the sound of the river? Maybe off in the distance. Mm, it's a ways off. Give can me a you, listen check. Get, that's, that's a good. That's a good. Sounds like a good time for a listen check. It sounds like. I can do that too. Is that a no? That is a no. <laughs> well, that's a yes for me because I can keep rolling. Low. Jeez, yeah, this system say, is not for me. No, apparently, but apparently it is for Dave. Right? That's right. Because yeah, my listen is a seventy. I got a sixty-four. Yeah, absolutely. You you pause and you kind of smack Aiden because he keeps humming. That's probably why he can't hear anything. You pause and yeah, very faintly. Off from the west, you you hear what sounds like running water. Hear that? That's that's the river. I, I'm not sure if he would have gone that way or if he would have known. Let's uh, why don't we head south? Because these bodies that are here, that might have gotten his attention. That might have gotten his curiosity up. Okay. All right. So you you step into this opening, and it's a, it's a it's I won't say ragged, but it's obviously either a natural tunnel or was dug out by something other than, you know, like an animal or something. It's not, you know, a straight bricked up tunnel or hewn tunnel. There's no signs that it was chiseled out. It's a mix of rock and dirt. And it, uh, it actually goes at a fairly decent downward slope and it twists and it turns. And 
honestly, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to end. So I'll, again, I'll shout out, Winnie, it's Aiden and Hank. Just echoes as you, as you proceed on and you, you estimate, you know, using your navigation, you estimate you've probably dropped at least a couple of hundred feet over about a half a mile. So this tunnel is keeps going and as you uh, you come around a bend, you actually see a, a faint light. So I'll, uh, Hank will turn to Aiden and say, be careful here. This If this is this long, this wasn't made by animals. This is maybe made by water. Keep an eye. Let's be careful. There might be a, a sudden flood. Great. I'm not really that good at... No, I'm not good at swimming at all. <laughs> so, yeah, often the distance... I was on the were... rowing team at Harvard. I'll, I'll be okay. Yes, but but we. Do you see a boat? <laughs> Are you going to build one? So often the not distance, distance, but off in the distance you do see a a steady dim light. Hmm. Why and, would there uh, be a? Do you think that's outside out there? That can't be outside. We're gone. We're gone down too deep. Well, it depends on where that enters out. Might edge out near a hillside or something. So you proceed. Yeah, let's, let's keep going. So the the passage straightens out, and as you as you walk, the light actually gets brighter. Well, you're still not sure what's causing it. Eventually, you actually come out into this massive chamber, and you you look, and it looks to be that the source of the light is lichen, just a, like a faintly glowing, like fluorescent lichen all over the walls and the ceiling of this chamber. It really leads outside, Mr. Smarty Pants. You know, there, there's no... I didn't know. I haven't been here before. But you've been to Harvard. <laughs> we didn't have tunnels inside Harvard. Uh, sure. So you step out of the tunnel into this massive cavern, and there's a dim, steady light coming from all around you from this fluorescent lichen that covers the walls and stalactites and stalagmites. All over, it. and it's sort of—it's it, strong enough to see, but it sort of leaves a, a an eerie sort of flickering, shadowy ambiance to everything. I swear, when we find him, Winnie is going to owe us at least two bottles of the finest scotch, plus whatever we find for these for these th- these uh, knickknacks in his house. I'm okay with that. I just I could do with a drink right now. All this exercise is making me thirsty. <laughs> so your flashlights, you know, dance across these shadows, and it's it's almost like a child's bedroom. You know, the shadow of a stalagmite looks suddenly looks like a monster just uh. kind of glaring at you from the side. The whole effect is just unsettling. And as you as you enter and you're sort of shining your light around, the cavern seems to uh, head off in what you think is still a southerly direction. And you're looking around, trying to find your way, and the archaeologist in you notices that underneath all of that lichen, the walls and the ceiling are decorated with carvings. Hold on, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put the I'm gonna holster the pistol. I'm gonna pull out my knife and start scraping away some of this lichen. All right, and once you once you know that it's there, it's actually you can actually see it under the lichen, but you know not not expecting to find anything you, you sort of overlooked it initially so there are intricate carvings including 
you know, as you've gone farther in, some of the natural columns that rise up to the ceiling in a few places, you figure maybe even a hundred feet up, are just covered in these carvings, and they're very old. A lot of the fine work does look like it's been damaged over the years, just by the lichen growing over it and water. And part of the eastern wall has collapsed, so the carvings are just gone. But uh, this is very interesting. Go ahead and give me an archaeology roll. See if you know uh, something maybe to compare this to. All right, yeah. The one time I fail, I got a 96. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, you still do get some information about it. I mean, this is your area of expertise. Um, one thing you do notice is it's not a style you're familiar with. You're, you're, you've studied some of other what they call primitive art styles, you know, some of the southwestern Indian pictographs, and you've been to Egypt, you've seen hieroglyphics, and, you know, all that. It's not any of those things. You do notice that there are serpent motifs. Mm. A lot of them, they're very, very prominent, and some of them are, are massive, like dozens of feet long. But there's, it's so... The, the, some of it almost looks like it could be script, but it's so busy and so kind of time-damaged, you're just not sure. I have no idea. Look at this, Aiden. Look, so... You see this, it, it does, this doesn't match any of the local tribes that I'm aware of. They all certainly had a belief in serpents, but nothing so prominent. Serpent, the, the serpent, the snake was never a, a, that important in their mythology that they would have put this in this. This looks almost like a language. They didn't have a written language tradition. Does it tell you where they kept their wallet? <laughs> uh, no, but do you know how much money Howard Carter got for Tutankhamun's ta- tomb when he opened it? I don't know. How much money did he get? Well, more than you can imagine. And if we found something like that, but in the Americas, we'll be on the front page of every newspaper, my son. You can be on the front page. I'll hold I'll hold the money. So give me... Uh, so you, you two are standing here in the flickering, dim twilight, just staring at these, at these carvings, just trying to puzzle out what in God's name <laughs> is going on here. Give me a, uh, you know, give me a listen check, both of you. Oh, I made that one. Whew. You didn't, you didn't make nothing, did you, Andrew? I don't hear anything at all. <laughs> I can just hear the echoes of. Maybe I'm humming to myself. Well, I rolled a seventeen. Oh so. wow, yeah, you hear all the things. So you, uh, you know, you're, you know, you're 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 going on about this, and you kind of, you're kind of excited, and you hear a. Uh, scurrying sound. It's definitely distinct from some of the other, like, you know, sort of dripping and sort of normal cave sounds. You're you're not sure where it came from, but something, there's definitely something in this cavern with you. Aiden, did you hear that? Um, did I hear what? And I'll start shining the flashlight around, trying to look. What what did you hear? Was that that fair? Does it sound like a bear? I heard something move. I don't know. Does it sound like a lion? (laughs) Nothing sounds like a lion in the New Americas. (laughs) That's because you probably haven't heard one. Except for maybe mountain lions. Hiding in tunnels. (laughs) Catamounts. So, like, I guess Aiden's going to be a bit freaked out, and he's, like, shakily, like, (laughs) yeah, he's used to dealing with people. He's used to gunfights. He's fought in a war, but he's scared of lions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're, you're flashing your light around. Give oh, no. me, 
look up. Give me a spot hidden check. All right, come on. You've been rolling bad for me all day. I, I got a to five. Poke. Maybe I should not be running this for Dave because he's doing really, I really well. Crush. I didn't notice it. I got a 33. Nice. Yeah. I crush at low rolling games. <laughs> Apparently you do, man. So you're you're shining your light around and off to the south uh, where the, the cavern starts to narrow and, and drop. You get a glimpse of something moving. It's a kind of a you don't get a good a good side of it, but it's a small, pale animal just disappearing off into the into the tunnel to the south. So turn turn the flashlight back to where I saw it. Like as I'm sweeping through, I'll spin back to that part. Winnie, Winnie, is that you? No just... response. <laughs> Winnie, I don't mean to alarm you. I have a firearm pointed in your direction. If it is you and you don't tell me, there's a good chance you're going to get your butt shot. <laughs> I'll put up the knife and draw the pistol again. <laughs> right now, all is calm. Telling you, if we run into a bloody lion down here, I'm going to throw a shit fit. Let's let's keep going. Let's, I saw something over there. Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's him. Okay. So, um I'm going to like like military stance. This is when his uh combat stuff kicks in and he's going to do the he's got the gun up he's aiming and he's like moving <laughs> so slowly you, so you're 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 combat approaching this uh, uh yeah which i don't blame you so as uh, you move further into the caverns the it's damp i mean which should stand to reason given all of the lichen but you know you also you start to see other forms of uh fungus on the walls and the ceilings and the floor the the floor is just kind of coated in this sort of slimy loam kind of makes footing just a little bit treacherous there's moisture dripping down the walls you can see that where there have been other passages coming off this cavern but they've sort of collapsed over the years and fallen in you, you do see some more signs of work like where the stone has been worked at some point in the past these these passages are not entirely natural like car- the stones are carved into, or the walls are carved into. Yes, like you, you, you see where like what might have started out as a natural tunnel has been expanded at some point, and you know mm. there's very still even this long past, you know, very obvious signs of tool marks. So know? is it like chisels, or is it like is it how crude or fancy is the stone? It kind of varies. Some of it is fairly. You know, fairly even, like you would expect to have been done with a chisel, or, you know, a hammer and chisel or a pickaxe. Some of it's much more ragged, and you can't tell if that's natural or if it was dug out with more primitive tools. Um, so I guess then, I'm gonna head on. I'm still gonna head into it. Like, cover me. Neither of you have like geology. I'm assuming not. No, no, not even. A, well, now you could, if you want, you could try and do an education roll. But that's going to be a half your education. I, I have a really good education. That's true. So, you, yeah. I mean, you are an educated man. Yeah, I have there, an education. There of seven. isn't a geology. It's a specialization of science. Uh, okay. Uh, because you have yeah. science, and then you can have a subspecialty like biology or geology. Okay. Well, yeah, I have an education of seventy-five, so my half would be a thirty-seven. Yeah, so, give it a shot. Yeah. I got a forty-one. <laughs> so close. you had to fail at some point. Yeah. Go ahead, man, Andrew. Why don't you go ahead and have Aiden roll? Because he. 
Maybe he was a tunnel rat. I mean, yeah. you you have the chance to roll. Um, I just don't know what I'd roll with. It's your education attribute divided by two. I don't have an education. Oh, education. In your characteristics. Oh, cool, cool. I get you. Oh, yeah. I've got 65, so. There you go. Maybe a 32. Oh, come on. Nope. That'd be a 98. <laughs> These look like they're made out of wood. <laughs> So, yeah, you're you're proceeding through the the caverns are very twisty and turning, but you got somebody who has a decent navigation. So you're and you have chalk, yeah. So you're, been marking, you're marking like right your down. way. So you're you're pretty confident in your ability to navigate in and out. You are having to move fairly slowly, um, just because the floor is so slick, you know, and it's kind of crazily tilted up and down in some places. Hmm. But as you, you go through, you again, you hear scurrying. I and don't. I don't like that. Be careful. Might be mountain lions. Well, and you turn, you come around a turn, and you see figures. You see an array of figures standing, oh, hunched ahead of you. They're sort of twisted, shorter than you, but almost human hunched, pale, hairy shapes with distorted jaws and almost ape-like hanging arms, though I do not like this. And as they look up at you with these uh, milky, pale eyes. Oh, I certainly do And they, like this. they screech and they leap. And we'll find out what happens next time. <laughs> it would appear that Hank and Aiden's ignorance has introduced them to a new nightmare. Do they have the firepower or sanity to survive the darkness beneath the hill? If you have the fortitude to listen on, join us next Thursday for more. Want to suggest a game? Please email us at fortunesuntoldpodcast at gmail.com, the Fortunes Untold Facebook or Twitter. You can also find us on Google Play or iTunes, and of course, at our home on the Nerds on Earth website. Thank you for listening, and roll on. <laughs>